0: An absolutely crazy game in Dallas that was a blowout, but then it wasn't, but then it kind of was. Plus, all NBA teams and people crying over Joel B. Did he get screwed? We'll talk about that. And a preview of the Celtics and the Heat. Game five coming up right now on the Locked On NBA Podcast.
1: You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hey there, happy Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we're here for you. Your first listen every Wednesday. uh, Wherever you get your podcasts, free, available everywhere, and on YouTube. I'm John Corrales, back after a week off, covering the Celtics in Miami. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. I'm obviously host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast.
1: You can uh, follow me on Twitter, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. You know, it's just like riding a bike. You know, you get back on it and it's perfect. It's flawless. It's almost like I
0: didn't exactly forget how to intro the show, Jake.
1: <laughs> look, look. People have off nights. We've seen it in the playoffs <laughs> from a couple of teams, a couple <laughs> of players too. There, You know, maybe it'll be a weird podcast, just like the weirdness of the game we just watched. Oh, that's a pro.
0: That's a pro. Later on, we'll talk about the Celtics and the, uh, the Heat series. Second segment, we'll do the All-NBA. I don't know what, not much, although I guess we can talk about Embiid and the people in Utah probably pissed off. And uh, But let's just start here with the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. A 10-point game, Jake. Close one. nail what a, what a What a back-and-forth battle this was. Uh, no, the um, the Golden State Warriors were down big. It, I texted you at one point during this game going, ah, classic Warriors in a very what should be a very comfortable closeout game falling behind by as many as 29 points but uh amidst the weirdness a rain delay uh crazy free throw and uh there was a there was a comeback in the fourth quarter to get this all the way down from 29 points to 8 but uh the the Mavericks held on jake this one was exhausting this one was exhausting <laughs> And weird and fun, like it, i don't I don't even know where to start with this game
1: it it's it's a funny game, right? because it, for for all of the things that you just mentioned, I mean, a rain delay, right? Like I've had that here in New Orleans actually, where they had to postpone a game. But, you know, they, they play indoors. You should be having an issue with like water falling from the sky right. onto the court, which is always kind of funny when some weirdness happens, you know, like that. It, it's funny because, like this game, you shouldn't have needed to watch the fourth quarter. They pulled the starters at the end of the third, and it was like, we're not going to see Steph Curry anymore. We're not going to see any of this. It's not going to matter. We don't need to pay attention. It's one of those things where we probably could have started recording in the middle of the fourth quarter, and it would have been all right. fine. I actually and almost Yeah, I know. Then all of a sudden it's like 16 points and there's like eight minutes left to go. And you're like, well, it's the Warriors. You know, we're going to have to watch this because that ain't a safe lead. Then all of a sudden it's 10. Then it's eight. And it's like, wait a second. They did this with the backups. If they put Steph and all of these guys back in, what might they be able to do? And it just added to like a little bit of drama to this game that really didn't have it and just had some kind of funny moments. So I don't know. Props to both teams for at least making it kind of interesting down the stretch and giving us a reason to watch. Um yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's one way to frame it.
0: Um <laughs> uh, I am calling up the fourth quarter uh uh Jonathan Kaminga big d- Jonathan Kaminga getting getting some run here. Uh
1: the first real early run in this one too, right? Like yeah. not just in the blowout. Just, like Scott, just, um S- Steve Kerr was going to his bench early in this game playing a ton of guys just to find anything that was working because Golden State was just a little bit off and I guess he wanted to mix it up and just see if that kind of gave this team any sort of spark. Yep. And so Kaminga,
0: you know, comes in, plays okay. Um, then you get, uh, so you get, you get 10 points from him in the, in the fourth quarter. You get six from Jordan Poole. You get, um, uh, eight from whoops. I just blew out my, I'm having, I'm having the equivalent of the, uh, yeah, forget it forget the Golden it. State Warriors the Golden Series. State Warriors here you know that's all right technical difficulties in the middle of the podcast you think I'm going to stop no I'm not going to stop um I I don't so so let's get to the actual meat of this game um the the Mavericks did a good job attacking early and if there's anything I don't expect this to be a you know miracle comeback I don't expect this to go seven um you almost wish that maybe The Mavericks would have figured out attack early, and then the threes might fall late. You almost wish they would have figured that out in Game Two or Three, but they it it took them a while. They finally got they finally got into that mode, probably with a little bit of help from a less than engaged Golden State Warriors team, and and that's how they built their big lead. Can they sustain it? That's the big question for for the the Mavericks. And I'll, I'll tell you, just from a guy who's covering the Celtics series, I'm sure people in Boston and Miami are like, hey. However long the, the Mavericks can figure this out for, that'd be great. Let's delay the Warriors taking a vacation before the, the NBA Finals and let, let's, let's make them work a little bit here.
1: Yeah, you know, look, they, they finally shot well. That's kind of what this one, I think, really comes down to, right? Like, sometimes it's a cliche to say, but it's a make-or-miss league, and you saw it. The, the uh, Dallas Mavericks in this one shot 46.5%. They had 20 made threes. They were just sinking looks that they weren't hitting in game three, and I remember seeing before the game an interview with Jason Kidd, their head coach, and he's like, yeah, they got the green light. Like, we want him to shoot. And I was like, wait, did you not watch game three? Are you sure you want these guys shooting? Well, he had the right idea of just go out, rip threes, make them, and try and see if you could keep up with that. And they were shooting early and often. And it also came off of Luka really, I thought, hunting that matchup with Steph Curry to try and get him on a switch and then drive and attack. And you saw that repeatedly all game. And Golden State even threw a zone out there, a whole bunch, I thought, at the Dallas Mavericks to see if that would slow it down. And they were still forcing Steph Curry onto Luka in those zones. And you saw every time he would just drive and then kick it out from three when the help defense came over and they were making the threes the looks that they weren't hitting in game three and yeah it's amazing what you can do when you start hitting your shots in the NBA yeah and Luca wasn't even the one who was hitting the shots right no. so he he shoots 38 and
0: percent three of 11 from three but the 30 points he he got seven free throws the 14 rebounds nine assists but uh two steals two blocks for him uh so stepping up a little bit on that end but you, you're right it's the distribution and you know bullock coming in and hitting threes dorian finney smith if those guys i'm gonna go on a limb here jake and say if those guys are hitting 10 of 17 of their three-pointers the mavericks have a chance to win this uh, to win a couple more games here but you know i saw some some really you know decent minutes from davis burtons you get some minutes from moxie kleber you get you you it's it's the role players it's the role players stepping up but again it's all in how you get those three pointers it's attack collapse the defense hit them in the weak the weak points force when you attack the weak spots you force other guys on defense to to cover for them and then you spray and then that's where you get open three pointers the the i think the mavs have been too too willing to take the early three pointers and not do that work to to set up the the more open ones and and it's too late now because it's still it's still a 3-1 series and at some point Golden State's going to wake up and finish these guys off but at the very least they've they've learned a lesson and it's something you can carry into the offseason but also make them sweat make them work take some pride in what you do and and don't go out in five see if see if you can make them work and make them sweat a
1: little bit yeah, I would assume this will be the general game plan for them going into the next game. I think it, it's just kind of as simple as that. If they can do that and hit their threes, they, they might have like a puncher's change in this. But as you said, the series effectively, I think, is probably over. I don't know. Maybe I just reverse jinx the Mavericks here or something <laughs> like that. So uh, all of you Maz fans and, and Nick. Don't, don't come at me. I'm actually (laughs) trying to help you guys. Right. Um, that's, that's totally what I'm doing here. No, I mean, you're right. Right. They, they, they went inside, they tried to be aggressive with Luca early, create open looks for others and weren't just settling for like easy shots that they could take. And they had the golden state warriors rotating on big, long rotations and kind of scrambling on defense on those closeouts. When, Those aren't effective. It's not really going to work. And I think that's why they started finally getting some of those looks. And look, sometimes it just takes being at home a little bit and some like rest there to hit some of those shots. But now you go back on the road. I don't know if those role players are going to play nearly as well. So I think it's still a very big uphill battle for the Dallas Mavericks here, despite, look, good performance from them. They did get good minutes from Bertons in this one. I thought, actually, I didn't think he was as bad as he's been at times this series. If you can get that, like, it's huge. But I just don't know if these are the guys that I, you know, I feel trust in to, to do that regularly.
0: No, no, no. I mean, it, it, in the end, the Warriors are going to be the Warriors here, and they'll, they'll close us out at some point. But it's good to see, it's good to see the Mavericks show some fight it's good to see them uh i think uh, start to figure some things out and and show why they were so um they were so good in the second half of the season uh defensively i thought that you know doing a good job on the defensive end going out uh playing off of luka luka not being just the complete um center of everything that yes you're playing off of him but other guys are contributing so we'll see i, I don't know I feel I feel like I want to get too deep
1: into this game because eh. it, I thought it was the sh- like it's the shooting right like it, they they made shots that they missed in in What's, game three and they won like it, it's just sometimes it is a simple game right to analyze and I I want to get like earn our money here and give you right. deep insights and it's no they made their shots good for them we're 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 up against
0: the break but like the blowouts I think is is the other thing that people are talking about here the blowouts in this whole first or throughout the playoffs that we're heading towards the playoffs with the most blowouts like of all time um that's that's becoming an issue and I know later when we talk about the Celtics heat series that's been nothing but blowouts for the the most part um quickly do you think that's an issue
1: That's a problem with the three ball, right? Like it giveth and it taketh away at times. And if you're making those, you're going to blow teams out if your opponent isn't doing it. And I think you're sometimes seeing these games come down to like who makes the most threes, who's shooting well and who isn't. No, I don't think that's great. You know, I don't want to go all old man yells at cloud and be like the three ball is a problem because I don't (laughs) think it is. But like you're definitely seeing the drawback of that in in the postseason. And I think it really kind of comes down to that, you know, you've seen it. a lot of teams just shoot poorly and then the other team doesn't, and it's a 20-point win for them. All right,
0: we'll, uh, we'll see what happens uh, moving on. But for now, we're going to move on to the all-NBA teams, which were announced before this game. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute after I talk to you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, and Built Puffs, the brownie batter puff. You've heard me correctly Brownie batter puffs, it's like sticking your hand into a big bowl of brownie batter, except it is 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. The brownie batter puffs is basically a marshmallow with chocolate infused with this brownie flavor. It's it's like licking the brownie spatula clean, but it's healthy and you get that 17 grams of protein. Uh, It's a great snack. It's made with collagen protein, so your body absorbs it very efficiently. And there's tons of health benefits it's the best thing i can tell you about the built puffs is i had a 13 year old in the car with me when i got my shipment of built puffs he took one and then later took another one that's how delicious they are if a 13 year old is he, those kids don't lie if they didn't like he didn't like it he would have just spit it out but he took he basically took my whole box so it's almost too delicious so try them out for yourself the built puffs Go to built.com, use the promo code locked15. It works every single time. Locked 15, you get 15% off your order. Locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making locked on NBA your first listen every day. Why not make one of these team podcasts that's still in the playoffs your second listen every day? Obviously, I do locked on Celtics, uh, locked on Heat, you got locked on Mavs, locked on uh, Warriors. Uh, one, everything's going to be covered on those podcasts before the game, after the game, uh, it's going to be a great post game podcast on lockdown mavs. I'm sure they're going to get into a lot of that madness over there. So, um, make them your first listen, make a second listen, uh, after lockdown NBA, Jake, the all NBA teams were announced. I know, I know that everybody's on pins and needles for this announcement. Um, So let's go through it real quick. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the only guy, unanimous, first team. Everybody put Giannis number one. Luka, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum make up your all-NBA first team. Second team is uh, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan. Third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, notable exclusions Rudy Gobert uh left off uh Chris Middleton Donovan Mitchell um I guess they, Fred Van Vliet was getting a lot of uh love for, for an all-NBA team he was left off um who else I think I guess that that's good for the notable Desmond Bain was left off Jimmy Butler uh how, how do you feel about the uh, all-NBA teams
1: I'll be honest. I don't have that many look for how it is. And how the voting goes and the positions, which we'll get into in a second. I actually don't have that many problems with this. I kind of love it because it's fun to just get fired up about your guys and where they should be. But without like a horse in the race this year on this sort of thing, this seems about right. You know, there'd be some tweaks I'd make, but overall, I can't really complain that much. I don't think anyone was like truly, truly snubbed in this that should have been on that wasn't or anything like that. So overall... Overall, like 90%, I think they kind of got this one right, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I don't feel like there's any real kind of ex, exclusions. I might be able to hear the argument that um, one of the forwards could have gotten in over LeBron because of how much time he missed, but <laughs> they, they're, you know I have no problem with that either way. Um, I, I really don't have any problem with this. I I I feel like Fred Van Vliet could have gotten some love, but he only got one third thirteen vote. So generally that was not the consensus.
1: No, uh, like none of the none of the other vote getters were anywhere near making it on to the All NBA teams, essentially. It wasn't like last last
0: year where Jason Tatum was left off, even though he had more points than Kyrie Irving um which cost Jason Tatum 30 million dollars in his in his um in his extension which by the way with Booker and Carl uh, Anthony Towns they're yep. both eligible to sign supermax extensions so that's that's starting at about 47 million dollars 4 year supermax extension for Booker 47 million this is from Bobby Marks 47 million 50.1 54.6 and 58.4 Million dollars in a four year contract that's not bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good money, huh? Yeah, uh, Trey Young making it uh means his rookie max extension that he already signed goes from 177 million to 212 million, so he gets an extra 6.1 million next season, uh, increasing his cap hit and pushes the, the Hawks over the luxury tax. They have some decisions to make there. But I think as far as the actual teams, I'm okay with it. There are going to be people in Philadelphia that are screaming about Joel Embiid making the second team. That's going to be one of the bigger discussions here. Joel Embiid, second team, but the way the NBA does it, they still classify by center. And I've I've heard some of the bigger names in the NBA discuss this. I know that Zach Lowe talks about putting, because they were classified as both, putting Joel and Nikola Jokic on the same team. But I also know that um, Tim Bontemps was very adamant on on those podcasts, and I've spoken to him about it, that the NBA still classifies it by position, so I'm going to vote by position. So there's, there's those two competing things. So what ends up happening is something like Joel Embiid actually getting 414 points to Jason Tatum's 390 points, but because he got more votes at center, he goes to second team center. And because Tatum gets all his votes at forward, he or most of his votes at forwards, I think he might have qualified as a guard. Uh he he gets the forward spot and since he, you know, so he out-outpoints all the other forwards. Bottom line is Tatum gets gets first team with less points than Joel Embiid who gets second team on
1: Yeah, that's the problem with this, right? It's not so much that Joel Embiid was voted to the second team, right? Like he had enough points to make the first team. It's the positions and it's with the NBA on how they do some of this stuff, right? We had this issue with the All-Star Game too. We've had issues with some of the award voting in the past, just kind of in general in the criteria actually doesn't exist for almost any of these awards. And it's just kind of left up to people. Right. And it makes these things kind of nebulous. And it always creates a little bit of controversy, which maybe the NBA wants. Cause look, we're talking about it. Sure. Certainly Joel Embiid was good enough this year to be a first team, all NBA guy, but because of how it is, he doesn't get to qualify. If you let voters just pick the five best guys, I do, I do think he probably would have been on there over Jason Tatum and the rest of it would have been as it is. And I would have probably had no, problem with that for the most part, even though I probably wouldn't put Devin Booker on my first team personally, but I don't really have that much of an issue with it. It's just kind of how this goes, right? until the NBA, you know, spends some time one off season trying to kind of look at the awards and look, it it, it applies to kind of all of them, right? There's no criteria for games missed and things like that. And, and, And people are allowed to kind of make their own interpretation of that. And is that really how it should be? And I'm not sure, that it is, unless they kind of want this. And then you get into that whole Bill Simmons and Jalen Green thing, right? Yeah, Where It seemed maybe there was kind of like a personal issue there and he wanted to be kind of proven right on a draft status thing, so says what he said, even though he then brought the guy on his podcast to try and make <laughs> it look like, oh, I didn't actually screw it up. I love this dude. When eh, that was a bad look. Yeah. Like There's there's these kind of, uh, of issues around it. And until they sort it out, you're going to have things like this. But the good news for Joel Embiid here is, it's annoying, right? He's going to feel super slighted at the end of this year. Probably sure. if you're Philly, you know, he's going to come back even more motivated, hopefully. But it doesn't impact that much, right? He's like not- it doesn't impact that much. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things here, right? It's not impacting a contract or anything like that. You know, for those Supermax deals, the Rose rule and all that, it's literally any N- all NBA team. So I don't know. Like, yeah, he should have been on on first team, but he isn't in like, okay, cool. The sun's going to rise tomorrow and we're okay. Yeah, I don't give a damn about the difference between first,
0: second, or third team All NBA. Like, if the, the voting the voting's screwy, that's fine. You want to fix the voting, that's fine. If they voted Embiid first team and Tatum went down a second team, so what? Because when you go to Basketball Reference and you call up their page, it's going to say Joel Embiid four time All NBA. It's not going to say one time or two time, uh, first team or whatever he's just going to be an all-nba player he's a four-time all-nba player one of the 15 best players in the league this year that's all that really matters where I do have the problem is where last year Tatum got left off and the the quirk in the voting cost him 30 million dollars now I'm not no one's crying for for Jason Tatum and he's he's done a great job of being like yeah I, I know I'm going to be fine it's not a big deal necessarily in the in the grand scheme of things but who might have messed with somebody's money. You know like it, it's yeah. You know there are plenty of people who deserve, you know, money around, you know, all we can get into that part of the argument, but the the fact is that he earned a certain amount of money. That's that's his split, that's his cut. That's how much money is coming into the NBA and because of a quirk in the voting, he lost out on a significant amount of money that he deserved and he was due and he's not going to get it that part I I don't like I don't I don't like messing with guys money um so if it if it impacted that like if a quirk yeah the then it'd be
1: a different discussion and like there should be rightful outrage about that I actually right. I agree with you there but now like who cares it's
0: okay right. if if now if if the quirk in the voting this year cost Trey Young I like I would have been I would have been bothered by that but the first team Joel Embiid stuff doesn't matter first team second team 13 team, it's all all NBA whatever that part that part is fine. If you're on the team, you're yeah. on the team. Whichever one it is, it is. Stop crying about it. It doesn't mean anything.
1: And yeah, do, you, do you think Utah's got any gripe on this one with both guys missing? Um, I'm yeah. kind of like so, I think about them, and it's like maybe, but again, I don't have like that much to complain about this. I've, I wish I've I did. No I'm not problem. very hot takey here. Like I've everyone have no seems that right in some order.
0: Carly Anthony Towns making it over Gobert. Uh, I'm fine with it this season. Uh, Kat had a good season. Gobert had his standard season, I guess, which is a great season as well. Basically, somebody has to be left off. And again, like Gobert is going to make plenty of all NBA teams. Um, so was he screwed? Somebody, somebody, when you're when you've got four or five good centers, like the way the voting is, that's that's now that's a quirk but it's not going to cost bear any money so whatever like I don't think I don't think it's that big of a deal um you you could make an argument that um uh, maybe uh Donovan Mitchell could have could have gotten in there uh Chris Paul missed some time like you could have put him over Chris Paul is that would that make sense
1: Maybe like that's probably the, the claim you could have. But I also thought Chris Paul was so good. And again, being on the best team in the NBA by far right. is going to get you a lot of credit that's on this the other sort part. Of thing. So like you got the best, best
0: record and you got to get, you got two guys on there.
1: So it makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's why I, I looked at this and like, I was like, all right, let's find where the issue is. We got to record a show tonight and I'm going to find it and I'm going to hammer it. And then I'm like, as the, you know, got it right this year. Book deserves it. Luca obviously deserves
0: it. Trey Young had a great year. People might people might argue against Trey Young. People in Utah might say, "No, you know Trey." Look, say what you want to say. They're both not great defensively, but Trey is the worst defensively. Um, and you know Utah was still good. How does Utah not get anybody? And the Atlanta Hawks, who were a playing team. Still get Trey Young. Yeah. Was Trey Young so much better than Donovan Mitchell that he deserves a spot over Mitchell? You can, I, I can hear that argument. I can hear that argument. Um, yeah, that's fair.
1: And then hey, I, Utah's I, got a little bit of a gripe. I'll, I'll give him that. A
0: little one. bit, sure, a little bit. But also, Trey is not undeserving. So
1: when yeah. when I'm looking at players that you can take off, eh, okay, like so that that's the argument, right? It's like who do you take off? That's always I mean, the argument on any of these things. If you're doing a Mount Rushmore people, right? It's like you get four, you get five. Who do you take off? And you've got to make a good case for why those guys should not be on there. I don't know if there's a great case or a great argument for anyone on these all NBA teams to be. Jimmy left Butler, on. Jimmy Butler over
0: Pascal Siakam.
1: It, that, I was thinking about that one too. In like m- maybe, like I don't how about, mind. How about, that how about Jimmy either? Butler over LeBron James? Why is LeBron James on there? He's been on like, million, he's, like times. he's been on eighteen times 18 straight. I think is what it is, right? The Lakers missed For, the playoffs right. completely, completely. Like he's so it pro- that probably has to do with Jimmy Butler playing fifty-seven games, though. Like that's probably the bigger issue there, though. I'm trying to remember how many. Le- oh no, LeBron, LeBron actually played fewer. Right, 56. right. So yeah, I mean, okay. No, I no, no. Talk about LeBron. this now. Yeah. But, that, but, but you can you can, you Masters, can say, throw it on there.
0: You can say you can say, like, are you really an all NBA player if your team sucks that bad? Like you couldn't pull anything out of these guys? But I mean, that's that's a whole different conversation. I'm not uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm fine with it. Like I said at the beginning, i'm fi- I'm kind of fine with all of this. all right, okay. let's let's wrap this up. There's a lot of uh. you can go to all of the locked on. For all of these guys, I'm sure lockdown Lakers would like something positive to talk about. So uh, they can talk about LeBron. Uh, we'll come back to talk about a quick preview. Oh, you like that one. I know you like that one. That's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to come back and talk about uh, the uh, Celtics and heat at Bet online. Celtics are a uh, one and a half point favorite on the road. Game five, one and a half point favorite. That's surprising to me. So, I found those odds on bet Online, the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. The latest odds, like I just said, um, you can check out what, what the uh, NFL futures are, Major League Baseball, whatever fights you follow, it's all there. Uh, it's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. You've got live betting. You've got eSports you can bet on, all sorts of stuff. So head on over to the website, check it out. Use your mobile device if you'd like. Learn about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Jake, the uh, Celtics and the Heat get into Game Five uh, in Miami on Wednesday night. Uh, well, I mean, what do you think? Let's let's just start with uh, let's start with you. I know I'm the Celtics guy, but let's start with you. Let's give you the floor first before I get into this. Um, having seen blowout followed by opposite blowout. Um, what are you What are you looking forward to in Game 5?
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a weird back-and-forth series with the actual just games being, you know, like the series being back and forth, not the actual games being back and forth. I, you know, I, I, I want to see health. Like, I, I wanted to ask you that as we were kind of planning out the show. Is this one potentially simple as, you know, the healthiest team is going to the NBA Finals? Basically, basically. Um like, Jimmy it feels like right. Jimmy Butler's
0: not not fully healthy. Um, Tyler Hero missed the game. Kyle Lowry nursing that hamstring. He's not he's not himself. Um who else from Miami? No, and they, and
1: they were very clearly missing Tyler Hero in game four. Like you could just so. see
0: it. I know, I know that, that on the Miami Miami side, they're they're like, they're not even when Hero comes back, they I don't think they even want to play him. But I, I just looked at when when Victor Oladipo was playing the you know in, in scoring 18 points in the first half against the Celtics, I was like, that that doesn't bother me at all. I'm watching that, saying, okay, fine, because what the Celtics were able to do a single cover him. They didn't help onto him. They didn't really. They were able to stay home on him. And okay, he beat single coverage. He's still he's still a decent player. He'll be able to beat single coverage. But what he didn't get was the the defensive attention that Tyler Hero does, and sure Hero is not shooting well but he does have the ability to get into the middle of the floor and he does draw attention in the middle of the floor so I I think that hero being out hurt them but I think what really hurt Miami the most is that Robert Williams for the Celtics was playing and he's the number one thing for the Celtics if Rob Williams is playing it changes the entire dynamic because he protects the rim he's a great roamer. he's a great helper and he, he just doesn't allow some of the things that, that Miami was able to get away with in game three. Uh, it's another rim protector. Him and Al Horford together is just, it's almost impossible for Miami with them being hobbled, with them being shorthanded, uh, and their just general inability to play in the half court. If the Celtics are hitting shots, and protecting the ball and not turning the ball over and giving them transition opportunities. If you've got Rob and Al Horford back there, there's just very it's going to be very very difficult
1: for the Heat to manufacture points. So and, and you you see it in the free throw disparity too. These past three games or two games, right? You saw particularly in Game Four that he was almost just a deterrent down there to mm-hmm. a certain degree, and that they were kind of like scared a little bit, it seemed like, to drive and attack. They only had 14 free throws in that game. Boston at 38. You see that lack of aggression when he's out there, and it's like a stark difference for kind of the way they approach trying to score, and you said it, right? Like, where's the offense going to come from, if, especially if you're not manufacturing those really easy points at the free throw line? Yeah, that that's the thing, and you know, from Miami's side,
0: the they were fouling a ton, and it was just, it was reaches. It was slaps. It was it was the Celtics were attacking, and the Celtics did a great job. they They don't always do this, but they got Miami into the penalty and they kept attacking and enforcing the issue. Miami also fouls a lot. They're a team that's that that does is prone to fouling. The Celtics took advantage of that for once and and that got them to the line a lot. Um, so the number one thing for me in the Celtics series is, can the Celtics protect the ball? Because in game three, you saw they turned the ball over 23 times. Miami had 19 steals and they turned it into 33 points. This
1: game one, two as well, right? Like they struggled yeah, a with as well. A
0: ton of turnover. If the Celtics are turning the ball over, they're gonna lose. If the Celtics are not, then that means Miami doesn't have transition opportunities. If they're not turning the ball over, that means they're either scoring or they're, you know, the ball is just getting slapped out of bounds and they're retaining possession. Whenever Miami does get their hands on the ball, but generally, if the Celtics are scoring and able to come back and set their defense, and if you've got Rob and Al, then you take away Miami's transition, and Miami can't score in the half court. So if you do that and you build a lead, it becomes incredibly difficult for Miami to come back. So Miami needs to find a way to force those turnovers to get out there and run. If if they can, and if they're out there running, then you're gonna then they have a chance to really build a lead and when the Celtics start turning the ball over they have a tendency to let that cascade and so five turnovers turns into eight turnovers and turns into 12 turnovers so that's the key to this to, to this game if the Celtics can protect the ball they'll take game five and they have a chance to close it out in six got to think that Amy Doka is hammering that point home this is the most important game of the season right now for the Celtics. And it's obviously the most important game in a long time for the Miami Heat. The, the winner of this game is is going to have a real, real advantage.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. Right, It puts the, it, it creates an, elim- it's going to be an elimination game no matter what in game six from this one. And I, I'm kind of with you and I wonder if Miami's going to be able to get enough offense to really be able to keep it up fair to say Victor Oladipo his defense is maybe also going to be key in this one coming in off the bench and kind of the role that he's playing as you're saying they need to try and create turnovers they need a little bit more disruption that seems to fall on him to a certain degree unless we're going to get Jimmy Butler of game one given the injury I don't know if that's what we're going to see in this one yeah I mean
0: Oladipo going to going to play out of his mind um and I think I think the Celtics can just the very the very simple thing is just don't dribble around him. Don't don't try to take Oladipo off the dribble. If you got Oladipo in front of you, you make one move. If you get by him, you get by him. If you have to like go between your legs three times, just give the ball up. That that's the other thing the Celtics do when they get prone to offense to to, to turnovers, I should say. The uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum get into the okay takeover mode, and if you're doing that in front of Oladipo. You know, injuries and whatever aside, like he's still he's still got quick hands, and he'll 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 knock some some of those away. Uh, so the Celtics have to do. a,
1: a He was step. excellent defensively, I thought, particularly in Game Three in that second half. And absolutely, you know, it's fun to see the kind of like resurgence of him. Not I wouldn't call it a resurgence necessarily, it's, but kind of been fun to see him in this sort of role and like thriving to a degree after all the injuries and unfortunate luck he's had. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean
0: he's he's been he's been pretty good. But the he he also shouldn't be that good. I think the Celtics can <laughs> simply <laughs> just when you see him just just draw him to you and kick the ball out and force him to make those decisions and 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 cover multiple guys not just be in front of you Tr- trying to take a depot one on one is is not smart basketball. Move the right. ball and cut cut behind him, you can get to the basket.
1: Is there is there any other way the Heat are going to be able to manufacture offense in this one? You think? No, no. If they, if they, <laughs> no it's
0: it's it's simple though. It's it's a very simple thing. If you're not if they're not getting out in transition, they just don't have what it takes in the half court. They they didn't have what it took in the half court. Generally speaking, now with the injuries and Jimmy, whatever percentage of his his normal
1: self, it, it, he looked terrible in game four.
0: Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know, you'd like to see him at full full strength and, and see who the best team is. But if but again, if the Celtics don't have Robert Williams and he's he's basically going to be listed questionable for every other game he plays in the playoffs. If he can't go, then that changes the dynamic. Maybe you can get to the rim and, and force help. I, I will just my last thing here is Robert Williams. I did a breakdown on the podcast, the Lockdown On Celtics podcast that's out now where you can see him picking up Jimmy Butler on the wing, riding with him all the way down the middle of the lane and blocking a shot, and you can see all other, all four other Celtics stayed home on their guy. Not a single stitch of help, even from Al Horford, who was down in the restricted area. Jimmy Butler was coming to him, and Al just kind of walked out of the way and said, I'm just going to go stay closer to Bam Adebayo, who's in the dunker spot, because I trust Rob to to handle this. And and Robert Williams just calmly just rode with him. Jimmy stopped and and Rob blocked the shot. And, and when you can single cover him and you don't give him outlets yeah. to pass, then there's that's that's what I'm talking about. No chance of manufacturing offense. You either make an incredibly tough shot or you don't. That's that's just not gonna cut it against the Celtics defense. So, so
1: we're gonna have another game without a lead change.
0: You know how many lead changes there have been in this season? We series? haven't had this one since game, game two. It's, it's a four, four lead changes in this series.
1: It's such a weird stat. Dude, It's that's it's a weird such fact, a right? wild number to think
0: about. Yeah. Only four. Yeah. It's a two, two series. And they've only changed the leads changed hand four times and not in the last two games. How about that? How about that?
1: Yeah. All right. I, I hope for at least, I don't know, like three in tonight's game. Um. Yeah. Sure. As from a Celtics perspective,
0: you can have them all in the first quarter if you want. You get ten lead changes in the first <laughs> quarter, <laughs> as long as they ride it out the rest of the way. Yeah. No. I mean, I I think it's going to be interesting to see if these if both of these teams can be on at the same time and not have. I've, I've joked that there's only enough talent out there on the floor for five guys at a time, and just doesn't. I don't know which five it's going to be. If they're going to be wearing heat jerseys or celtics jerseys but it's only five guys who are going to be good at a time and the other five are going to look like they forgot how to play basketball and it's going to be very confusing for whoever fan base that is and they've taken turns switching that up i want to see both teams actually play well for a game and see what happens but i mean at this yeah, with point with
1: these injuries i'm not sure if we're going to get that it's going to be tough it's going to be tough
0: all right so that's it you can follow you can get more from me on lockdown celtics for sure to uh, to uh, get you ready for Game 5 and, of course, after Game 5. So uh, on Wednesdays, I am your regular Locked On NBA host, uh, John Corrales. You can find me on Twitter, at
1: John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Nola Jake. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making us your first listen every day.
0: Why not make Locked On NBA Big Board with Raphael Barlow, who's awesome at what he does, uh, covering – covering draft prospects across the across the world in person across the world awesome stuff check that out wherever you got locked on nba free and available everywhere on youtube subscribe share we'll see you next time here on the locked on nba podcast